You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Time, though, is not enjoyable. That testing time is not always enjoyable. But the coming forth as gold, and we see what God does, then all of a sudden you can look back and see His working. But when we're in the middle of the storm, the battle, uh, the trial, uh, we can't sense it as much. And that's where we just have to keep trusting that He loves us, he knows right where we're at, and he'll, he'll, he'll take care of us. And always, always a blessing to see God work in our lives. All right, Deuteronomy chapter 6, and look with me. Uh, oh, I just looked at this morning's message, not tonight's message. That would not be good. All right, there we go, Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse number 1. Uh, let's read these again. Now, these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that ye might do them in the land whither ye go to possess it, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it that it may be well with thee, and that, that ye, and that ye may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee, in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thy heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. I want you to go back with me here to verse number 1, and we find that there are three words here that God uses to, to gain our attention. He says, now these are the, what? Commandments. Underline that word commandments, if you would. Then he says the statutes all right another good word to underline and then the word judgments three different things that god gives us to help guide us you know god's guidance isn't all about commands not everything is a command but there are statutes and there are judgments and with those, they help us fulfill being obedient to the commands. And so here he goes through, the word command there is the word mitzvah. And it's used 181 times uh, in the Hebrew. 181 times. It means commission, commandment, a set of all commands. So not just uh, not just referencing a specific one, it's talking about the set of commands or the compilation of commands. Uh, and then just right. What's right? You know, if it's not right, it's... Boy, that is, that is something that people don't want to accept. You know, truth is exclusive. 
truth is exclusive. Anything but truth is revealed by truth as error. So when people say, well, you guys are all dogmatic and this, that, and the other, and you're the only one that's right. No, truth is all the only one that's right. Uh, I know a pastor uh, that stated, he said, if this is truth, he said, we are only right as we cross the line because none of us can be there. But the goal is instead of doing this number to try to get it a little closer so we cl stay close to what is right, stay close to what is true. So commands there, mitzvah, uh, 181 times. The word statutes is the word hok. And that word statute there or hok is a portion, a term, a due, a law, a prescription, a prescription. Have you ever been given a prescription that did not work? You know, God doesn't give any prescriptions that does not work. Everything that he gives us, it works. You know, the world we live in, nobody wants the prescriptions. They just want the cookies. They want, the, they want what is, they want the healing, but they don't want what it takes for that healing. They want the benefits, but they don't want what goes in to make those benefits. And God says, listen, I've got some commands, and then I've got some statutes. He says, that prescription is, I've got, I am going to prescribe some ways. You go through the book of Proverbs, 104 times you will find the word way or path. And that way and the path is to, it is to keep us on our journey. And with that, those ways, those path, paths, they are to help us to accomplish uh, getting to uh, the end of our journey in a way that is still pleasing God and not getting shipwrecked along the way. I don't know about you, but I have enough problems in my own life with my own failures without adding any extras. And the reality is God wants to prescribe to us. He wants to give us guidance. He gives us wisdom. But you know what? When you look at Proverbs, Proverbs is not commands. Proverbs, the Proverbs are all, it's wisdom, it is insight to help you see what is wise so you will make good decisions so you don't shipwreck your life. But they're not commands. You know, God has given us a lot of levity in life. God gives us a free moral agency even to be wrong. Even to do wrong. Even to make unwise decisions. And the goal isn't to make unwise decisions. The goal is to make wise decisions. The goal isn't to break the commands. The goal is to set up boundaries so we will know how we should live so we don't violate uh, the scripture. And so God gives us these commands. He gives us these statutes. Then he gives us judgments. The word judgments is the word mishpat. And, and here this word, it's used 
421 times. 421 times in, in the Hebrew. Now, with this, these judgments. Now, when you get into law and and there is a case that has been tried, already been tried, the lawyers will go back to see if there is precedent that has already been made, that there is a judgment that has already been made. They see what has already happened. They see a situation, what has taken place, and a judgment, a mishpat has been made. So you then can look at it and say, you know what, this is not just how it should be, it's also how it shouldn't be. You know, we can gain wisdom from, or it, we can gain it from our own experience, or we can gain it from somebody else's. I would much rather receive instruction from somebody else's failure than my own. From somebody else's shipwreck than my own shipwreck. Years ago, Deb and I, uh, we went out, I had, had access to a, a, a boat, it was a bay liner, and we had gone up to the San Juan Islands, and uh, we, were, uh, we took the family out on this boat, out into the San Juan Islands, and we did a camping trip on an island that you could only get to uh, by this boat, and it, it, was, it was quite an experience. Amazing to see how much wildlife was on this island. I mean, in the middle of the night, the raccoons were trying to get into our tent. Uh, there were deer that came through, through the, the camp, and it's like, how in the world did they get on this uh, little, little island? It was James Island, and, and you just sort of wonder about that. But we were, we were out there, and uh, we were going through uh, out in the ocean. We went out to go, uh, we were going to go uh, whale watching. And so as we're heading out, and you're, you're moving along out in the ocean, you think the ocean is deep. But just because you're a long way offshore doesn't, doesn't mean that the water is deep. And all of a sudden, I looked down at the depth finder. I wasn't watching the depth finder when I wasn't near shore. All of a sudden, we were in six foot of water. And I looked down, and I was, ended up bringing the boat, slowed it way down. And all of a sudden, I'm starting to see rocks. We could have been shipwrecked so easily. Because of assumed knowledge. Thinking, well, you're in the ocean. It's got to be deep. And that was not the case. And so with that, you know, in life, God gives us so many things to help us guide our life. So these judgments here, Mishpat, uh, it is a custom. Boy, that's a word that people don't like anymore. An accepted or habitual practice of long standing. That's the definition of that Hebrew word. It's a decision, a judgment, a claim, a measure, a law. And these are set up not to hurt anybody, they are set up to help people so they don't break the commandment. So let's go back to chapter 6, verse 1. We'll, we'll pray here in a minute, we're just in an introduction. Brother David said, uh, he looked back at the clock before he came down, he said, Pastor, it's only 10 after, you got a long time. Uh, I can feel it. 
Uh, so uh, anyway, look at uh, chapter 6, verse 1. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded uh, to teach you that, you might, that ye might do them in the land whither ye go to possess it. You see, God gave us all of these to teach us so we would know how to live. He said, you're going into a foreign land. You're going into a godless land. You're going into a, a culture uh, that does not have my, my way of thinking. It's a culture that does not uh, know what truth is. You know what? The world we live in does not know what truth is. We cannot go to Wikipedia and find out what truth is. And we can't go to our culture. We can't go to our universities. You know where we go to find truth is we go to God. He said, thy word is truth. And you and I, we are given this instruction. And here God wants us to be able to teach. He says, he com God commanded to teach you uh, that ye might do them. And so tonight, uh, I want to uh, speak to you on the subject, don't forget to teach. Don't forget to teach. And let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for uh, just the heart of your people being in, in your house tonight. Uh, those that have tuned in online, Lord, all of us, we have a desire, uh, Lord, to please you. We want to have a relationship with you that is close and that is uh, not obstructed by sin and uh, wickedness. And so help us, Lord, to uh, know what you would want us to do and how you would want us to live. So just give us the instruction that we need tonight, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. There are 613 Jewish commands uh, or mitzvah uh, in the Bible, 613 different uh, Jewish commands. But on top of those commands, there were the statutes, uh, these, the laws, the prescriptions were to help us not to violate those commands. And these statutes are not commands, but they were prescriptions, laws, rules that were necessary to protect us from violating the commands. Uh, just uh, yesterday, we were coming back, was it yesterday? Uh, we were coming back from, uh, no, uh, Wednesday. Uh, we were coming back from the Bay Area, and as we were coming off of Highway uh, 80, uh, there was a semi that had made a turn on one of the off-ramps and had missed and went off the off-ramp. And then there was another turn coming on, and it went directly between these two down to the, uh, to the, the uh, freeway below. And uh, you see that, uh, the, uh, uh, that semi that had, was just hanging there, uh, and they had, they had passed and went right through those guardrails. You know, when you see a guardrail, nobody has a problem with a guardrail. You know what? I see a guardrail, it makes me have a little bit more peace while I'm driving. Uh, when you uh, travel, you get up into the mountain areas and there's cliffs. Uh, there are a lot of areas where there are no guardrails. None. And if you go off, you go off. And it is a long way down. 
uh, Deb and I last night uh, took a drive and we went up to uh, Washington, uh, the lookout right there by uh, uh, the little town of Washington uh, up on 20. Uh, and so as we were uh, just taking that, that drive, you get up there and there's all kinds of cliffs uh, that you are driving around and all those turns and no, no guardrails. You know what God has given us? God has given us so many guardrails to help us so we don't wreck our life, so we don't go off the cliff, we don't go off the deep end. When I was in uh, junior high school, uh, one of my friends, uh, his brother turned 16, his older brother turned 16, uh, and dad was a pilot, uh, and he bought his son, this is back in probably 1980, uh, right in that uh, ballpark somewhere, and he bought, his, he bought his son a brand new Z28 Camaro. And the son was driving uh, up through the, the uh, foothills past uh, Eatonville, and he was flying through, and there was a, a, a thing that was going on where the high school kids would turn off their headlights and drive those back roads. And Toby's older brother took a turn and missed it and went flying right off of a cliff into a tree and lost his life. There's no guardrail. You know, anything you could do to back that up, any cost, any expense, any inconvenience, all of a sudden doesn't matter. You know, we live in a world where people want to fight every guardrail. And the problem is they're fighting them but when the shipwreck comes, when the tragedy comes, it's too late. There are no takebacks. And here is God has given them, He gives us these to help us. So Moses here, through divine inspiration, he gives us the judgments, those mishpats, those customs, those long-standing practices, uh, the decisions, measures, laws, uh, and they were to further facilitate our obedience to God so we would stay in his will. And so why did he give them to us? And so we're gonna, I'm going to give you 43 points and 12 illustrations, and we'll get done here before 10. Amen. No, it won't take that long. Uh, so number one, I want you to see, why did he give us these laws, these commandments, these statutes? Number one, to know God's will. To know God's will. God has a will. God, God has a will. Deuteronomy 16, uh, 6, 1. These are the commandments. Now, these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you. God has a will. God has a will on how we live. Now let me ask you a question. Does he have a right to have a will on how we live? Yes, he does. He has a right. You say, well, it's my life. God gives, God gives us life. The Bible tells us that if you're a child of God, you're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. We belong to him. 
So here we see we need to know God's will. When God gives us these commandments, these statutes, these judgments, these are for us to see what is important to God. And God gives them to us. God gave us all the above, uh, those commandments, statutes, and judgment. God expected them to be taught to the people. He wanted them to be taught. Why did he want them taught? Because he wanted people to know his will. God doesn't want us to be in, in darkness. He doesn't want us to just wonder, well, you know, I, I hope God's pleased. God wants us to know. You know, our kids, they know whether or not they're doing wrong. Why? Because you've communicated what's right and wrong. They know what makes you happy, and they know what makes you frustrated. Mom, 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 mom. And over, over, over again, pretty soon it's like, stop! Uh, someone told me one time, uh, mom said, I'm changing my name to a dirty name so you can't say it. And so, of course, they were joking. Uh, but uh, anyway, you know, we, uh, God, God wants us. I got it. Success. There we go. All right. God wants us to know uh, his will. What's expected? Uh, God expected that the people would do more than just acknowledge that he had a will. He wanted us to teach. He wanted them to be taught so we could do them. So God, what, God wants us to know what's expected. What are the rules? How do I succeed? Uh, so God wants us to know uh, why did he give us those commandments to know God's will? Why did he give us those commandments? Number two, to embrace God's ways. Look with me at verse number two, uh, Deuteronomy 6. That thou mightest fear the Lord thy God. Now notice here. That thou mightest. So without the commands, without the statutes, without the judgments, we don't have any point of reference to know how to fear the Lord, how to honor Him. That fear there is talking about honor, that respect, how to give Him that right of being God in our life, Him having that position of authority in our life, so us submitting to Him. So without these statutes, commandments, and judgments, we don't know how. So he gave it that, we, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep, what's that next little word there? That was a little pathetic. How to keep all, all. Some isn't good enough. Close doesn't do it. God said all. Now, God knows that we are sinful. And God loves us in spite of our sinfulness. But our sinfulness is not an excuse to be sinful. Just because, just because we have a sin nature, that is not a, a scapegoat. That is not an out to make provision for the flesh. And so here he says, thou, thou mayest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments. Notice which one was first. The statutes came before the commandments. So the statutes and his commandments, which I command thee, 
that thou and thy son and thy son's son all the days of thy life, that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that they, they may in, that ye may increase mightily, as the Lord thy God, the God of thy fathers, hath promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. So here he says that we are to fear. He goes on to say that we are to keep. He then says that we are to hear. And then he said finally that we are to do. So all of these are in progression. He wants us to follow the commands, the statutes, the judgments, so we can fear the Lord uh, our God. So he wants us to embrace his ways. Now, his ways are different than our ways, aren't they? His thoughts are above our thoughts, and we'll get that to here in a second. Thirdly, uh, why did he give us the commands? So we can, uh, thirdly, to enjoy God's blessings. They are not to stop us from enjoying life. They are given to us so we would enjoy the blessings of God. God wants us to enjoy the life that he has given to us. And with that, uh, he said that it may be well with thee, uh, verse number three, and that they may increase mightily as the Lord thy God father, uh, of thy fathers hath promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. So here they were going to this promised land. Uh, there were blessings that God had prepared for them. He wanted them when they got to the land of of promise. He wanted them to be able to enjoy it to the fullest. He wanted them to enjoy all that he had prepared for them. Uh, and you know, I've said this before, God blesses obedience. God blesses obedience. It is, it is part of the nature of God. He blesses obedience. And, uh, and here with that, there, there are things that the Lord lays out in his word that we may like or we may dislike. But it doesn't matter, it's what God says. Maybe it's, there are things that we agree with or we disagree. But it doesn't matter, it's what does God say. The, we may choose to obey or choose to disobey. He gives us that freedom. But his plan is a better plan than what we will come up with. His plan is a better plan. And when we follow his plan, there are blessings tied to it. There are, there are landmines that we miss. There are pits that, that we do not find ourselves in. And we, lived in a, we live in a messed up and a sin-cursed world. You know, as we look around, judges cannot even give a definition of what a woman is now. That's how messed up our world is. God's ways. We got to just stick with what God's ways. The gender dysphoria is rampant. The list of gender identities went from 19 to 58. And then it went from 58 to 72. There's a medical journal that, that uh, published an article on February 22nd of this year. And stating that besides man and woman, there are 72 other genders. So 74 is what they are saying, these identities. We live in a crazy world. 
I looked at the list. I couldn't even get through the A's without feeling sick. And I just turned it off. It's, it's ridiculous, the world we live in. Uh, but uh, in that article, they say gender is no more regarded as a binary concept where one can either be male or female. It has emerged as a continuum or spectrum where one can identify themselves as any of the gender identities. Help us. Help us. You know, we have got to make sure that we grab onto truth. Why? Because there is such a slippery slide. You, you stop and think about the male-female. There's been homosexuality for, for, dec- or for millennium. We go back in the Bible and we see the destruction uh, of that sinful lifestyle. Uh, and it is a destructive lifestyle. Uh, but we look at that and just in the just in the past 20 years, in the past 10 years, how fast our country has taken a slide. It has slidden. Why? Because we don't want to accept that there are boundaries. When you change the line, you don't know where that line is going to finally stop. If you look at what's being handed to you and say, you know what, I don't really like that, I'm going to grab something different. The next generation is going to grab something different, and we're ended up off a cliff. Why? Because there is nobody that's wanting to stand and say, you know what, let's just hold to some things. Let's hold to truth. And we see the breakdown of the family. We see the breakdown of the church. We see the breakdown of the, com- the community. There are no absolutes. We have, a, we have rejected absolutes. And even within the churches, God's people are rejecting truth because they don't like the stand that you have to take. You know, you're going to draw a line somewhere. Everyone draws a line somewhere. And the battle will be wherever you draw that line. So why, why draw the line closer to the world? Because there's still going to be a battle there. There's going to be another battle. And then the pull is going to be to take the next step and the next step. I mean, just a couple weeks ago, we had a man walk in church in a skirt. And I've said it's coming, and it's here. The gender dysphoria, we are dealing with that within our own church. God's ways have got to be upheld. And... When we are unwilling to embrace truth, what do we find? We find that there is a slippery slope, and we've got to be able to stand. There are absolutes. There should have been an amen right there. There are absolutes. And if there are absolutes, and there are, then we need to be able to say, okay, this is what I believe and why. You know, I know why I believe everything that I believe. I can go chapter and verse to what I believe and why. Now, I'll have people say, well, I don't believe that. 
chapter and verse. Well, I just don't believe it. There's a difference. There's a difference. And somewhere we look at it and we say, okay, how am I, where am I going to draw those lines? And the lines that we have to draw in the world uh, that we live in, we've got to come back to biblical principle and look at the, the commands and look at the statutes and look at the judgments. And in those judgments, you will see blessings. And in those judgments, you will find destruction. And you will make, you make decisions based on the results of those commands and statutes and judgments. To help make sure that we stay on the path. So we stay on the way. So we don't violate the principle of Scripture. So why have, he, why have the commands and the statutes and the judgments uh, to know God's will? Why have those to embrace God's ways? Uh, why? To enjoy the blessings that God has for us. Fourthly, to teach God's ways. Go to verse number 7. To teach God's ways. He said, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou Citizen in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. What are you supposed to be teaching the same that you were taught? The truth. You, you take the same. Uh, Paul told in, in 1 Timothy, he said, uh, the same commit thou to faithful men. It was the same thing that Paul gave Timothy is the same thing that Timothy was supposed to hand off uh, to his church and to those that he influenced. And you see, uh, we have to make sure that we are teaching. We have to teach. And he said, thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. So what we receive uh, with those commandments and statutes and judgments, we then are to take those same and teach them to our children. Uh, we have to teach them unto thy children. We have to train. We have to be diligent. He said, thou shalt teach them diligently. Diligently. That, that is on purpose. You know, it's, it's not the church's job to raise our kids. It's not the school's job to raise our kids. What, what are we doing? We're partnered together to try to help. And, and here we see that command, though, is given to the parents to teach them. Uh, and we have to be diligent. Uh, and that diligence, he, he breaks it down. He says that thou shalt talk of them. Uh, he, says, uh, he said, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house. How much of God's direction is being spoken of in our house? And I'm not talking about, well, I don't like that rule. Well, I don't like that command. Well, that's, the, that's the pastor's idea. I don't know how many times I've heard that. But, but you hear it over and over again. What, what is it? We, we, we have to talk about it. We have to be talking, teaching our kids. And what are we teaching them? It's not just that about Daniel and the lion's den, and David and Goliath. They've got to know the commandments. They've got to know the statutes. They've got to know the judgments. You know what that does? That gives us insight. 
that gives us awareness so we can be able to look at what is going on around us and say, you know what, that would not bring honor to the Lord. So I'm not going to do that. And it will impact how we live. It's, it's not just, don't do that, smack somebody on the head. Don't do that, smack them on the head. It's not about that. It is about trying to transfer that information, uh, transfer that heart. He says that, that it will be in our heart. But he said uh, that we need to talk uh, about them. Teach them diligently. Talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way. So here now, we're going somewhere. Now, walking by the way is probably a car ride. Are we using the opportunities to teach and train our kids? I look back at different things that we did right. I look back at things that we did wrong. I look at things that we just didn't even do because we didn't know. But here as we grow and as we learn, what should we be doing? We should be using the opportunities that we have to teach our kids. You know, the TV is not a good teacher. A game system is not a good teacher. The computer is not a good teacher. Facebook is definitely not a good teacher. You know what? We don't want to teach. We just want to entertain our kids so we can keep doing what we want to do. We're not careful. Our kids, we want to just keep them busy so we can rest. Keep them busy so we can do what we want to do as opposed to taking those opportunities to teach, to invest. When thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down and when thou risest up. You know, it sounds to me like it's a continual process. You know what? They're going to be in our house for just a period of time. You know what? That period of time is short. I look back and I think, oh my goodness, there's another one. I need some chopsticks. You know, we, we only have so long. When our kids get to the point where they're moving out, all of a sudden an awareness, did I give them what they needed? Did I transfer enough truth it's going to help them make right decisions. You know, we've only got once. Kids are only going to be in your home one time. We've got to make sure that we're not, we're not missing that opportunity. We have to teach them. We have to train them. We have to be diligent about them, uh, about teaching them. And, and with that, uh, when we sit, when we walk, when we lie down, we rise up, just that continual process. Uh, so, so we need to, uh, to teach them. Fourthly, uh, we, need to, we need those commands uh, to teach them God's ways. But lastly, we need them so we can love God supremely. 
That's the goal. The goal isn't, did we do everything right? The goal is, are we teaching our kids to love God? To love God supremely. And thou shalt, verse number five, he said, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul, with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And he said, all these commands, he said, all these statutes, all these judgments, they're in our heart. Why are they in our heart? So we can love the Lord thy God with all our heart. You know, there's this thing about God. He is a holy God. And I don't know about you, but I have a hard time wrapping my mind around the holiness of God. And God in his holiness, what he calls wrong and sin, I look at and think, what's the big deal? Why does it matter? But it matters. When you stop and think about the great sin of Adam that cast the entire world, entire humanity, into sinful condition, it was eating a piece of fruit. Adam went from paradise to being kicked out, exiled from paradise, the Garden of Eden, to being a condemned man on his way to hell because he ate a piece of fruit. And we think our sin doesn't make a difference. We think, well, it's no big deal. It's just the previous generation making a big deal out of nothing. You know, in, here in, in the Old Testament, there were commands, statutes, and judgments. We get hung up on those commands versus the customs. Those customs are what was translated judgments in the Old Testament, mishpat. In the New Testament, the word was tradition. Now, Jesus condemned the traditions of men, the ceremonial traditions of the Pharisees of washing pots. It was all ceremonial. Colossians tells us that the ceremonial law was nailed to the cross. But when we look at the word tradition, take your Bible, go to 2 Thessalonians. I'm just about done. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. The Apostle Paul here, he uses a word that translates the same. He says, therefore, brethren, uh, 2 Thessalonians 2.15, therefore, brethren, stand fast, and hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Go to chapter 3 and verse 6. Now we commend, or command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye withdraw yourselves from every brother that walketh disorderly, and not after the tradition which he received of us. So here, what do we have? That word tradition there uh, is the word uh, paraosis, uh, uh, para and it is, it is a specific practice of long-standing, handed down from respected authorities. Huh. 
So Paul here is saying, listen, what we are handing down, he said, you need to grab a hold of. Why? Because there's somebody else that's figured out what those statutes, those judgments. They've, they've seen what keeps people from wrecking their life and breaking the commandments. There's been wisdom that has been assimilated and then it has been handed off and it has been given to us. Why? So we can continue in our faith. The word there, uh, para, paradosis, uh, tradition, is used 13 times in the New Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, Paul said, Be followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep ordinances as I delivered them to you. The word ordinances there is the exact same word, uh, paradosis, that was tradition, that is now custom, which is also ordinance. Uh, and these are all saying, these are things that have been handed off and we need to grab a hold of them. Uh, and not only do we need to grab a hold of them and embrace them, we need to teach them. Teach them. Why? So people don't wreck their lives. That's why. So we can love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. That is what he's wanting us. You see, the faith of our children is at stake. The faith of our grandchildren is at stake. The future of our church, the churches, it's at stake. Not only the church, the community, our country, it just keeps on going. There has got to be a point of reference. And God's people were moving into a new land with a godless culture. He didn't want to lose the relationship with his people. So he gave them instruction, those commands and statutes and judgments, all with a desire to keep their heart close to him, inclined to him, so they would love him. So they would, be, uh, they would have that relationship uh, with him. Uh, and Paul admonished the New Testament believers to follow that do, those doctrinal traditions and customs and judgments that had been given in the New Testament as well. You know, we get called, caught up with the do's and don'ts. We get uh, hung up on those commands and the customs. And with that, it's, it's not about the rules, it's all about the relationship. And God said, keep the commands. Why? So you can love me. That's what it all came back down to. Jesus in the New Testament said, if you love me, keep my commandments. You see, that love is going to be revealed by our actions. And as we are yielding ourselves to him and to his word, his commands, statutes, judgments, what we find is it separates us from a world, a world that is enticing, a world that is trying to get our attention, a world that is trying to woo us. And God says, no, you, you keep my commands, you keep my statutes, you keep my judgments so you can love me. And that's what it's all about. It's all about that relationship. It's not about the rules. But we do have those rules, those guidelines. Why? 
so we can love him. So it'll help us stay on track. And we can't forget to teach. Because the world we live in is on a slippery slope. And I want our kids on that slope. I don't want them taking that ride on that slide. Because we've already seen the brokenness that's at the end of that slide. So don't take a chance. Don't take a chance. Don't forget to teach. Father, I pray that you'd help us. And Lord, I pray that you'd just meet the needs that we have and help us, Lord, just to have a heart to where we are truly desiring to find what you prefer in life, not just what you've commanded us, but what you like, uh, and that we would uh, try to live in such a way that uh, we are endeavoring to draw closer to you. Uh, and Lord, I pray that you'd help us. Give us wisdom and insight. Uh, protect us, Lord, as we live in this world and all of the influences that uh, have a, a hold, uh, that have a hook uh, trying to get our attention and draw us away and our hearts away and our, our families, our children. I pray that you would just help us, uh, Lord, to put up some uh, boundaries and put up some guardrails uh, to just protect uh, the next generation. So I pray that you bless now. Speak to hearts as only you can. For Christ's sake we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. The altar's open. If the Lord spoke to your heart. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.